Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. GOPjosh.com is our website. GOPjosh.com, redfuturadio.com. Uh, the sports guys over there, uh, good friends of mine, uh, Isaiah and Ethan, had a nice, nice rebrand go out over the weekend, so check them out as well. Redfuturadio.com slash sports. And Sam McGuire, the president of the network and host of the ever-so-popular Samuel McGuire Show, he also had a big week. He went down to the Reawaken America Tour uh, with Clay Clark. You can check out all of his clips on his Twitter page, Samuel C. McGuire. I'm going to play one here. I, I didn't get his permission first. He spoke to the one and only Alex Stein. Listen to this. It's prime time. Double nine and nine. And you know I got to shine because I always blow your mind. Vladimir Zelensky is so sexy. Want to fly to Ukraine to have it, baby. And if you, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll save the rest for Sam. Um, if you don't know who Alex Stein is, he's a comedian. He's a funny guy. He's the host of the primetime show on Blaze TV, Primetime 99, Alex Stein. Um, I'll leave that for that. So, so check out the Samuel McGuire show as well, wherever you get your podcasts. And But stay right here first. We have a lot of news to get to here on the 17th of May, 2023, the Wednesday edition of the program. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, Dropped this Monday was the Durham report, the big nothing burger of a Durham report. First and foremost, Trump was exonerated by this. It was a nothing burger for for Trump-Russia collusion, right? That's what I mean by that. When people say, well, well, Trump colluded with Russia. Well, Trump Trump actually, he was the one involved in, in, in the collusion. And that was the big talking point going into 2016 election was, well, Trump's colluding with Russia. And when I mean say nothing burger, I mean a nothing burger in the action of Trump actually being involved in the spying in the Trump campaign. It's actually the opposite. 
the Obama administration colluded with Democrats and the corporate media to weaponize the FBI and take down former President Donald Trump before he was elected to office. I have not had a chance to read the entire 300-page report, but I'll leave a link in the show notes below, to uh, the top link in the show notes below uh, for the Federalist uh, Analysm, or, um, yeah, if I can talk today, <laughs> their analysis of it. And uh, we'll put that there. You can read that uh, as well. Cash Patel, good friend of the Steak for bro- uh, Breakfast show as well. Uh, I'm a fan of them as well. Uh, the Durham Report verdicts, FBI guilty, DOJ guilty, IC guilty, Comey guilty, McCabe guilty, Strzok's guilty, Lisa Page guilty, F- uh, FISA judges guilty, Rosenstein guilty, 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 Clinton guilty, Bruce R. and Never- uh, Nelly R. guilty, Donald J. Trump innocent, the American people robbed of justice. And I couldn't say it better myself than Cash Patel there. We have to to fight back against the stupid claims of Russia collusion. And and the Russian thing is going to be a story for a lifetime. It's always going to be what's in the news. It's always going to be what Trump's known by because of how badly the left pushed Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia. We're burnt out on it, but it's still going to be the talking point. If it's not insurrection, it's going to be Russia collusion. Here's what Trump said on Truth Social, and we'll retruth it there if you want to find that truth over on my truth uh, at GOP Josh. I was being framed by the FBI and the DOJ. Now, but continued with the boxes hoax, the perfect phone call in Atlanta, the Manhattan DA, and the New York State AG scam. What a group! But all reports of the DOJ in Washington. It's James Comey and the sleazebags all over again. They are playing election interference in 2024 through illegal law enforcement against Republicans, in particular your favorite president, me. They are cheating low lives, but we will win. Our country is going to hell. And it's absolutely right. That's the president there, the one that won. Um, Retruthing this one as well for our truth followers at GOP Josh. I only wish that Bill Barr, as the Attorney General of the United States, was able to act. Sadly, he was afraid of the radical left Democrat lunatics and their constant threats against him of impeachment and absolutely impotent on the subject of the Durham report. Um, he should have taken strong action. Even more importantly, he did nothing on the massive voter fraud which took place during the 2020 presidential election. Remember, you get nothing from rhinos. An honor to have hired him. 2017. 5817. The Russia Trump collusion story is a total hoax. When will this taxpayer funded charade end? Tweeted by Donald J. Trump. And, well, Trump was right about everything. What more can I say? I can't say it better than the man himself and the president himself. Um, the Atlantic says it was a giant flop. Um, just nothing in there proves Russia Trump collusion. Even the Washington Post. Is reporting. And let's see this. Um, what's this guy's name? Is he a Republican or a conservative? Oh, he's a former speechwriter for Bush. He's a Democrat. The Durham report is a damning indictment of the FBI and the media. The Washington Post published that. Why the Durham report matters from the Wall Street Journal. Wow. So, so think about it. There was no Trump-Russia collusion. But the Democrats colluded with each other and the FBI to take down Donald Trump. They're not after me 
as Trump would say. They're after you. He's just in the way. They're after you. And if they're willing to collude with each other to take down you, think, think of what they're going to do. Think what they would do to you. They're going to fight this hard to keep a man out of office that was elected by 74 million Americans. Imagine what would happen next time. Or the time it happened to you. The president was exonerated completely. The one that's entirely, completely, totally, utterly. It, it was the FBI, the Democrats, completely and utterly charged. I don't expect anything to come with, from this. I don't expect anything to act from this and anything to actually happen from, from this report. Because the Democrats control everything, Republicans control nothing. We're just, we're, we're not going to be able to do anything. But we should. And we should remember this when we go to the ballot box. And those out there who are listening to this program hate listening because I know there's plenty of you out there. Oh, I hate those Trumpists, but I'm going to listen to GOP Josh anyway. When you go to the ballot box in November when Trump's on the ballot and you're saying, well, I'm never going to vote for Donald Trump again. Go to the ballot box and think how stupid it'll be to vote for the ones that colluded against a legally elected president, a duly elected president, Donald J. Trump, to take him down and interfere with his first term. Really? When Trump's reelected in 2024, whether or not he's reelected, he will be, but he should get two terms. He should get eight years. Redo from the first time because he was colluded with and he couldn't focus on his job over stupid charges that were proven to be false, give him a second term. Make him from 2028 to 2032. Or in 2024, 2028, 2032. Just hold elections for four years and put Trump in there for eight years. He had the first term. It obviously was interfered with. He didn't have a chance to get anything across the finish line. He won a second term and it was taken away from him. That's the best solution. He wins again in 2024. We keep him around. You don't fire the man who's doing the right job. And, and I'm not a big fan of, I'm not saying we need to have a permanent Republican president or a permanent Donald Trump presidency for the rest of his life or the rest of my life. But when you really think about it, what they did to this man, he deserves something out of it. He's been taking arrows and, and slinging punches for the American people since 2015. What has he gotten from it? Personal spying done by the FBI against him? What, is, what has he gotten from it? What's the point of him doing this besides fighting for the country? And we, the people, should, should reward him. Back after this on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. A big thank you to President Donald J. Trump for his support and his endorsement of this campaign. Let me just say, let me just say, the Trump culture of winning is alive and well in Kentucky. And that was the one and only Daniel Cameron, who won his gubernatorial bid uh, primary in the beautiful state of Kentucky, the great border state, and every state's a border state, but border state of the beautiful Ohio of Kentucky. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, he won his election. 
Ron DeSantis actually put in a very late endorsement in this uh, in, in this primary, right? He he hopped right in and he said at the last minute, I'm going to endorse Kelly Craft, right? And Kelly Craft is a rhino. She's a Botox queen. She's just I'm glad she didn't win. She would have lost bigly. I want to play the audio uh, from this endorsement for you because I, I think it's funny. Hello, this is Governor Ron DeSantis coming to you from the free state of Florida. You've had a woke liberal governor who's put a radical agenda ahead of Kentuckians. The stakes couldn't be higher. I know what it takes to stand up for what's right, and Kelly Crafts got it. She's proven it. I'm strongly encouraging you to go out and vote for my friend, Kelly Craft. Kelly shares the same vision we do in Florida. She will stand up to the left as they try to indoctrinate our children with their woke ideology. Kelly will fight against crazy ESG policies that are trying to end the coal industry in Kentucky. And Kelly's going to do everything in her power to end the fentanyl crisis that is hurting Kentucky families. When you vote tomorrow, Tuesday, May 16th, vote for my friend Kelly Craft and get Kentucky on the path to becoming a free state like Florida. Paid for by Kelly Craft for governor. 859-489-4818. So that was the whole the whole clip. So badly edited. It was an audio only clip. So it was just done by voice. It sounded like an iPhone uh, voice memo to me. Um, and it was the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who is trying to hop into the presidential race very soon. He's hopping in maybe next week, as early as next week. He's losing time, by the way. The later you hop in, the less time you have against attacking, attacking Trump, the least likely chance you're going to win. You're going from a 5% to a 4% every day and going down every day. Um, Ron DeSantis is out of time, pretty much. But I digress. Um, he put that clip in there. Kelly Craft was seen as the possible underdog. She was pulling just short of, of Daniel Cameron. She was pulling at a, actually a very close rate uh, to Daniel Cameron when it came to the gubernatorial election uh, in Kentucky. And she lost by, like, she was third place. She was pulling a close second. Daniel Cameron was a clear favorite due to, obviously, the Trump endorsement. Um, but she was polling kind of just short, just under um, Daniel Cameron. Well, the results, I believe, 99% in. Um, Kelly Craft received 52,000 votes. Daniel Cameron received 144,000 votes. So what DeSantis tried to do here, and it's kind of a smart idea when you really think about it, is he hopped in there, he said, I'm going to support a candidate. I'm going to support Kelly Craft. She's seen as a possible chance to win. She might win this race. So let's put her support behind it and show how I'm more influential in Kentucky than Donald Trump is. Very calculated move from Ron DeSantis. Except for the fact that it didn't work. <laughs> Kelly Craft got crushed. She lost to Ryan Quarles. I don't even know if she, he was endorsed by anyone pretty prominent. He was the agricultural commissioner of Kentucky. He lost the primary last night. Seemed like a decent candidate. Um, but let's see here. Endorsements. Let's see who was his most prominent, his number one endorsement that he popped up. A bunch of Kentucky officials. There's no President Trump or no presidential candidate Ron DeSantis on this list. So, you know, whatever happens, it will forever be a losing culture around Ron DeSantis. Because obviously, I mean, I mean, yeah, he lost. <laughs> 
Ron DeSantimonious, a culture of losing from a Trump statement. Trump ally defeats DeSantis-backed candidate in Kentucky gubernatorial primary. DeSantis sees both endorsed candidates. He also endorsed the uh, candidate for, for mayor in Jacksonville, the first Democrat to lose that seat since 2011. Trump wasn't able to endorse her. She didn't ask for his, or he didn't ask for her support. Or he didn't ask for his support um, in the primary, in the general. He said, I, I don't want Trump support. So Trump didn't hop in. DeSantis was the only endorsement. Tuesday wasn't DeSantis's night. Jacksonville Democrat upsets DeSantis-backed candidate in mayoral race. Full list of Ron DeSantis endorsements who have flopped. DeSantis-backed candidates stumble in Tuesday's elections. Dim beat DeSantis-endorsed candidate in Florida's biggest city. Republican loss in Jacksonville, a setback for DeSantis against Trump. He's not going to win, folks. And the people on the right that are going out there and saying, well, I don't care if Ron DeSantis wins or not. If he wins the primary, I'll vote for him in the general. And I would do the same. But if you go out there and say, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump if he's the Republican nominee, you should not call yourself a Republican. You should not call yourself a conservative. And you need to seriously look at your priorities. Trump is beating DeSantis or or Biden, fruit and slip, in every key poll, in every key demographic, in every section of this country. Trump is winning. His favorable ratings are going up every day. He is going to win this presidential election. And if you just refuse to support him because he hurts your feelings by calling your favorite CNN reporter a nasty woman. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You are a nasty person, okay? You can call your, your favorite CNN anchor a nasty person or whatever else you want to say doesn't mean you're better than him and say that you're not able to support him because of it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that a mass majority of our Republican Party and a mass majority of our conservatives on the DeSantis side, the DeSantis, not a mass majority, a very, very slim minority, are willing to go out there and say, well, you know, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump because he hurts my feelings. He hurts my feelings. I don't. If politics to you is all feelings, you shouldn't be in politics. Just, just gonna say it flat out. But you know, we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. Um. Speaking of, of governors, while we're talking about DeSantis, the governor of North Carolina has vetoed a twelve-week abortion ban. In the state of North Carolina, he has a republic. We have a Republican supermajority in that state. We recently had a Democrat flip to being a Republican, I believe, because she's dating the Republican speaker, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, she's a Republican now. We should be able to override that pretty easily. So Republicans, let's get on that. Let's let's take care of it and override that abortion ban. Also, a little programming note: either Friday or. Um, in the future, next week, we should be having the communications director for Ohio Right to Life, Lizzie Marbach, back on the program. And while I'm thinking about it, here in Ohio, and this is before the Ohio segment, if we have one today, do we have one? We do. We do. All right. 
vote Ohio in the state of Ohio if you're an Ohioan. And if you're not, bear with me. August 8th, 2023, vote yes on securing the Constitution by raising the threshold for an amendment. If you are in Ohio and you're voting in November, you need to vote in November and August. Vote no on the constitutional amendment in August. Vote no on issue one in August, or in November, I'm sorry, November. Vote no in November, yes in August. Yes in August, no in November. Uh, Yes on issue one in August, no on issue one in November. Issue one in November is going to be an abortion rights. They're going to say, we need to solidify abortion in the Ohio Constitution as a right. It also mentions reproductive freedom and reproductive decisions that cannot be uh, infringed by the government or or the parents. Reproductive decisions could qualify as uh, sex change surgeries or gender change surgeries for those mentally ill transgender youth. So when you're voting yes and you're thinking, well, I just want to protect abortion, you know, I'm pro-choice. Think of the kids that you're allowing being mutated because the state does not allow the parents to get involved because you decided I'm going to vote yes on this issue. No in November, yes in August. You can purchase a yard sign. I'll put a link in the show notes below. Uh, to put out in your yard, yes in August, no in November. Protecting the Constitution is vital. Not murdering babies is also vital. So, yes in August, no in November. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yes in August, no in November. Yes in August, August 8th. No in November on November 7th. Back after this. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected. But anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader. This is the conservative crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, and I remind you again: yes, in August, no, in November. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Support our program by using our link to purchase something on Fiverr. Fiverr is the best way to buy a gig if you want to do a logo or a voiceover or translation work or a manuscript, or you have to write something to, to get subpoenaed by Congress. You can do that by going to Fiverr. Use code bit.oi slash Fiverr. That's the link to take you to our Fiverr link and support the program. bit.ly slash F-I-V-E-R-R or, top, or tap the second highest link in the show notes below wherever you're listening to the program. bit.ly slash F-I-V-E-R-R. If you don't need a product, don't need a service done for you, and you would like to just support the program Personally, you can feel free to do that by going to our webpage on Patreon, patreon.com slash GOP Josh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash GOP Josh for up to $3, or actually up to, I don't remember the highest tier now, low is $3, 
a month. You can support the program there, bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash GOP Josh code, TSMS at blackoutcoffee.com to support Red Future Radio code TSMS. Blackout co- or the, the Colorado Supreme Court in this masterpiece cake shop scandal. We haven't had a chance to cover this on the program lately. Jack, his name Jack Francis, right? Jack, Jack Phillips, I'm sorry. Jack Phillips, and I'm sure you many of you know this story. He refused to make a gay cake. A cake for a gay wedding at his Christian bakery. He was sued by the couple. And the couple said, well, I, I believe that they struck down the first case. And they said he had his rights to speak and his rights to pick what he wanted to put on a cake. His art, you, you, you can't commission an artist to do any sort of painting. painting and, the, and a cake shop's the same way. You may want to have their cake, but you don't have the right to make them make that cake. Right, and I'm sorry, but if you are against God, Christians shouldn't support you in that regard. Anyways, he's been asked to do a gender transition cake. It doesn't say what age the gender transition was for. Um, so the document states Phillips engaged in expressive conduct protected by the First Amendment when rejecting the cake. Uh, the gender transition cake, Scardian was his name, requested, was no exception, creating it would require Phillips to express a readily understood message about sex with which he disagrees. The court should vindicate his right not to speak. So he didn't say these people are wrong. He didn't say anything about them. He just said he does not agree with the cake and he wasn't going to make the cake. He's putting his art behind the cake. It's his art. It's his time. It's his life. And if he wants to take the financial resources and loss to not make the cake, then he shouldn't be required to make the cake. Uh, Scardian and uh, Scardia and the lower courts treat Phillips' refusal to bake a gender transition cake as a blow to LGBT equality, which, who cares? I'm sorry, if I don't want to bake you a cake, I'm not going to bake you a cake. Um, but ruling for Phillips wouldn't up in the long-settled rule that business owners may not dem- deny protected persons equal access to goods and services. It would simply confirm that Colorado's anti-discrimination law cannot be applied in the rare case where it would compel speech. Uh, the brief also states that Phillips happily serves LGBT customers. He'll sell them pre-made cakes for any purpose and create custom cakes that do not express a message contrary to his religious beliefs. But that's not good enough for the left, obviously. Listen, I don't think we should ever require a business owner to do something with which they feel morally wrong to do. And that's just generally speaking. If you feel morally wrong... To bake a cake for a Christian, you shouldn't have to do it. If you feel morally wrong to bake a cake for a Muslim, you shouldn't have to do it. If you feel morally wrong to bake a cake for, in celebrating these certain things, I'm not saying for like a person just profiling them, but like if you feel wrong baking a cake that says Leviticus 18.22 or something like that, or some Bible verse, uh, John 3.16 to be generic, or uh, 1 Timothy 4.12, you know, anything like that, and you don't feel safe putting that on a cake, or you don't feel right putting that on a cake, or your morals say you shouldn't put that on a cake. First off, what morals? Second off, okay, don't bake the cake, and I'll go somewhere else to buy my cake. It's not that big of a deal, and I'm not a big cake fan, but you know what I'm trying to get at here. Um, same thing with, with with gay people and, and LGBT 
QIA, the Alphabet Mafia, right? There's no reason whatsoever we should be required to to pander our goods and services, pander our life to the extreme, extreme, extreme minority when it comes to, how do I word this? When it comes to something that is defined as a mental illness, such as LGBT issues. It is defined by as mental illness. You should not be required to go against your morals to benefit someone else. And just because you want to own a business and make cakes in the state of Colorado doesn't mean you should be required to make any cake in the world. If I, if I was a baker, and I'm not a baker, but if I was, I wouldn't make a cake celebrating abortion or transitioning or a gay marriage. And I bet if I went to a liberal cake shop in Columbus, Ohio, and I asked them to make a cake about being anti-abortion, they wouldn't do it. Or if they did, they'd do it because of this case and because they don't want this to happen to them. You should not feel pressured to do anything that you do not feel comfortable. That's just me. And there's a lot to say and there's a lot I could go into here, but I'm not going to get into it right now. I just, do you really think it's the best idea for our society to require people to do things they don't want to do and require them to go against their morals to bake a cake? I'm shocked that that Jack Phillips is still in the cake game. I mean, this man is a, he's a famous baker. He's, he must be make fantastic cakes if all the gay people want them. But um, he's been in the business since 1993. And support his financial fund if you can to keep get him across the line again. I mean, not, I'm just, again, are you kidding me? He, he keeps going through the same problem and I feel bad for the man. But I'm glad he's standing up for his values and his convictions. I really am. Um, George Soros, on the other hand, of, of values and convictions, is going to buy Vice Media for about $225 million dollars was once valued at over $5.7 billion, but obviously now being purchased. Also, there was a rumor that George Soros had a heart attack at like, I don't know, Monday of this week, I believe, and I just... <laughs> well, I, I don't think he did end up having a heart attack. Good for him. I, I don't want him to, anyone to die, right? But I thought to have a heart attack, you'd have to have a heart, right? So I, I don't think he was ever in the running for having a heart attack. Um... But, you know, good for uh, good that he's still alive, I guess, for him. It's not good for society, but uh, he's buying Vice Media. I'm not sure why he'd want to own Vice Media. Vice Media is a joke. Uh, and owns Vice News, Vice TV, Refinery29, and Motherboard. I believe they also own uh, Vox, don't they? Isn't Vox a member of the, Vo- uh, the media group? Um, no, it, they have their own media group, okay? Vox Media instead of Vice Media. I thought they were the same thing. Besides the point. Um, they, they own that now. If we need any more proof that it's a left-wing hack job of a journalism over there at Vice, it's now owned by the definition of a left-wing hack. Um, also hopping in here really quick as well, very quickly here, George Santos might be expelled. I doubt it. But, um, it was tabled via procedural motion on Wednesday, so that was today, by a party-line vote of 221 to 204. So it's tabled now, but they're trying to get him across and trying to expel George Santos over these charges we talked about last time on the program. 
I mean, lying, even if he didn't, I don't believe he did, but even if you do lie, that does not expel you from Congress. Actually, it promotes you up through Congress. There's no Republicans or Democrats in Congress that haven't lied their way there. Why is George Santos the exception? Because he's a black gay, or, or uh, not black, because he's a Latino gay conservative? I don't know. Is that, is that why? why? Why is all of the Democrats and all of the Republicans still in office if we can't have George Santos? I stand with George Santos. I stand with Representative Stan Santos, and we'll be back right after this here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Glad to be with you all today. In the Ohio segment with the Hang On Sloopy song playing in the background as well. Talking about the August special election coming up here in Ohio. By the way, once again, vote yes in August, no in November to protect our Constitution and protect our rights here in Ohio. Yes in August, no in October, November. Maybe. If, unless the lawsuits get their way. Now, I expect the great, great conservative justices on the Ohio Supreme Court, such as, you know, you have Sharon Kennedy up there and Pat DeWine and Pat Fisher and Joe Dieters. I expect them all to do great work and not rubber stamping this leftist group's attempt to take down this August special election. But it's possible, you know? And so we need to fight back against it and support the election. Um, a lawsuit has been filed the state's legal, uh, challenging the state's legally questionable August election and to stop abortion from be- becoming legal. One person, one vote, a nonpartisan coalition. Co- coalition. We have a laughter button here. The laughter button? Yeah, that's funny. Announced that filed a lawsuit in the Ohio Supreme Court challenging the controversial election. Dennis Willard, spokesperson for One Person, One Vote, said, Our complaint asked the Ohio Supreme Court to call this election what it is, illegal. Just five months ago, the General Assembly specifically prohibited all statewide special elections in August. Frank LaRose explained that the August elections have been embarrassingly low turnout and are bad for taxpayers, election officials, voters, and the civic health of our state. To that end, the General Assembly revised Ohio law to allow elections only during November, March, and May, and they've done nothing since that time to change the law. Constitutional amendments may be voted on November, March, or May, not August, and we're confident the court will agree. So, I don't know what that man sounds like. I just imagine that's kind of his voice. Um... News 5 said that each one of them came to the same conclusion. Yada, 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 whatever they want to go on about. But it's not true. The August special elections were... um, were not allowed after this year. This year was the last time an August special election could have been held. And that happened in the in the bill. It says that in the bill. Um... State lawmakers in the House and Senate passed SJR 2 on Wednesday last week. We talked, obviously, to, to Brian Stewart on the special edition of the program on Friday. I encourage you all to listen to that. The state representative who got that across the finish line um, to require a 60% supermajority uh, of Ohio voters to amend the state constitution. and move some lawmakers hope will make it less likely that voters will make abortion legal in November. I'm going to be honest here. I would have voted for 60% and supported 60% any time it would have been proposed. 
protecting the Constitution. Okay, I, I was in an argument one time on Twitter. Believe that, believe it or not, that happens. Um, and the argument was the only amendments that haven't passed with sixty percent have been under fifty. Have been the partisan amendments that have overall improved the state. And I said, "Did you just say only the partisan ones have passed?" That's the point of making it 60%. So not only the partisan ones can pass with under 60%. I'm sorry. I don't think our Constitution should be amended partisanly at all. I don't think there should be a partisan amendment to the Constitution in any way, shape, or form. You have to have a vast majority of Ohio to support your amendment, or it shouldn't be in the Constitution. Shouldn't be. Our Constitution is 70,000 words long, Ohio. The U.S. Constitution is 7,000. Add a zero onto that, and you've got the Ohio Constitution. It's pages and pages and pages long. The U.S. Constitution can fit on your desk. Fit in your hand, actually. Fit in a little pocket. You can put it in the inside lapel pocket of a coat, okay? So why are we trying to come out here and say we need to not allow this amendment to pass through? We should not have to have this conversation about partisanship in our Constitution ever. And when the left is trying to instate abortion into our Constitution, trying to instate transgender surgeries in our Constitution, yeah, I'm going to support something to put up roadblocks to that. Because we don't have any sort of roadblocks to that. We don't have a way... We can avoid that from happening. In a way, we can avoid any partisan amendment. If Ohio Republicans went out there tomorrow and said that we want, um, what's what's a partisan amendment we could put in? We want backpack bill. We want the 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 school choice decision to go through the Ohio voters. The left would go out there and say, "Well, that's a partisan amendment. No Democrats support that, so we should put that on a sixty percent threshold." It's the same thing. And I think I would agree with that. I would agree that it should have to have 60% to pass through. So why does the left want to put up every roadblock they can to stopping this from going to the ballot box? The pro-democracy left is afraid of democracy, afraid of the people on the left, and afraid of the people that are going to vote for this amendment. I'm sorry to say it, but it's kind of goofy. When you have a left wing, a, a party on the left side of the aisle, that has consistently been called a Democrats and they're pro-democracy. Yet they're not willing to go out there and allow the people to vote on this amendment in August. Even if it gets put up in November, I think it's whichever one gets more votes should pass, right? That's how it works. Um, one would pass, and if the other one contra- contradicts the other, it wouldn't pass. So if we get 60% on this one and 59 on the Ohio and on the abortion amendment, it should be whichever one has more votes. Either way, either way, we need to just stop. Stop the arguing, stop the conversations. Allow it to go to a vote. Put it towards the people, and the people will decide. If it stops abortion in Ohio, good. If it stops transgender surgeries in Ohio, good. If it passes through, good. If it doesn't, and it gets 49% of the, of the vote, or 35 or, or 25 or 10% in August, and it, it loses by a, a crushing amount, 
fine. But the people got to decide. Ohioans had the opportunity to go to the ballot box and say, we want or we don't want this. We're not taking that away. Ohio is not taking that away. It is just trying to make it harder for special interests from out of state, people with a lot of money and a lot of influence and a lot of time, to take over our constitution and our state. It's not that difficult, and it's not crazy to ask. Vote yes in August, no in November, and fight back against this radical attempt to stop your ability to vote. If you're pro-democracy, well, frankly, you should vote yes in August. You should vote no in November. And, well, my friends, we will be back on Friday the 19th with a brand new episode of The Conservative Crusader, episode 201. This was 200, by the way. Thank you for getting me here. And we will be back next time, my friends. See you all then. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you at the weekend on Friday on the Red Future Radio Network. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.